Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Irish Examiner Rugby Podcast, a special edition from Cape Town on the eve of the first Lions test with the Springboks at Cape Town Stadium on Saturday. Eve of the match, Donal? Yeah, I have to say, it's uh, you, you talk about this being a tour of a difference. Uh, when you look at the atmosphere around, we're on the waterfront here in Cape Town, what a beautiful setting it mm. is. Uh, sunshine in on Table Mountain. Had my first flight in 18 months, arrived here yesterday, and uh, what a setting. Uh, but it's it just feels different to other lines. It's eerily really quiet. Incredibly quiet, yeah. I mean, this... Where we are on the waterfront is obviously you have a lot of bars, restaurants, big shopping malls. This famously has always been the, the epicentre of Alliance Tour. Uh, I remember being here in 1997, that famous 2-1 uh, series victories for the Lions. 2009, uh, the Lions got stuffed in the opening test. I, I reckon the most physical test I've ever seen, second test up in Pretoria. Uh, when the Lions were pipped, that last gasp, uh, Mornay Stain penalty at the death delivered a 2-0 series win to South Africa uh, but what makes the Lions is the Red Army if you like the fans that congregate travel every four years and it's the complete absence of that really uh, it's it's eerily quiet um, not only without Lions jerseys but you don't see any Springback jerseys around either uh, I've just actually come from the, the Cape Town Stadium it's a brand new stadium which was built for the, uh, the Soccer World Cup um, Traditionally, Lions Test, Lions games in Cape Town have always been played in Newlands. Uh, so this is, uh, the Lions played their last weekend against the Stormers, so they have a feel for it. Uh, but it's it's an absolutely magnificent stadium. And having been there this morning, uh, I actually regret more the fact that I think between ourselves, the media, I think 250 people are going to be in the stadium. Mm. So it does take from it. But that said, from the, la- the, the players' perspective, they're well used to playing in front of empty stadiums at this stage. Um, even for a Lions test, it's, it's, uh, it does take from it. But look, it promises to be a fascinating contest. Yeah. The one good thing is, is you don't have to queue to get a coffee anywhere. Yeah, it's been fantastic. <laughs> but how much of a factor... You said the players are used to not playing in front of fans. And a lot of these are first-time Lions, so they won't have played in front of that famous sea of red. But will it be a factor more for the Springboks, perhaps? Uh, I think it'll impact on both sides. I mean, you know, it's funny. I mean, in the the sports channel here in the hotel, all you're seeing is repeats of not only the Lions games on this tour, but Lions series in the past. And uh, just this morning, I happened to turn on the television. It was the the 2013 tour to Australia. Uh, I I had forgotten that second test where the Lions had a, a kick in injury time to win the series 2-0. Lee Halfpenny, unfortunately, that kick fell short. But, you know, what, what I was reminded of was just the buzz and the atmosphere mm. of 
the supporters, the Wallaby supporters, the Lions supporters. Uh, Lions, uh, when, it, when that kick fell short, the final whistle went. 16-15 to uh, Australia and you could see the expressions on the faces of the fans from both countries or both sets of supporters that's gone now yeah. uh, in fact only during the week Charles Berger who, who played in the 9 series he commented on the fact that when they played in Loftus Versfeld in that second test in Pretoria when they came out the tunnel and I, I can still visualise it to this day the stand opposite was designated for Lion supporters so the whole lot was just a sea of red mm. so there they were the Springboks as the home team playing at altitude in one of their famous stadia and they felt like in a way fixture yeah. and that's a kind of an advantage that the Lions have always needed because traditionally on a Lions tour the odds are so stacked against you you're trying to bring four countries together in a very short period of time. You're trying to get an understanding in terms of, um, you know, different combinations, be it at halfback, be it in the second row, be it uh, a hooker and a jumper, the, the relationship. It takes time to forge those. So the Lions are always, it's, it, I compare it to cramming for an exam. Whereas on this occasion, I think it's probably the first time in living memory that the Lions will have had more preparation time than the host nation. South Africa, their players are coming from all over the world. Apart from one test against Georgia, they haven't played as a collective since the 19 World Cup final. Mm. So that has to have a bearing as well for me. I, I don't know what your view is on that. Well, it's funny, uh, you know, for all the, the preparation time, there's not many combinations, and we'll talk about selection maybe a little bit later, but there's, there's not many combinations in that Lions side that have actually got serious game time together. I mean, you think of Robbie Henshaw and Elliot Daly in that midfield um, going up against Lacan Am and Damien Dialendi, who uh, won a World Cup together. They played half of half a game of rugby against the Stormers, and, and that's about the size of it, as a 12 and 13. Yeah, I mean, it is extraordinary. And I think from that point of view, uh, Razi Erasmus and Jacqueline Arbour, who... Um, Munster supporters will certainly remember what a combination they were when they were together in Munster. Uh, unfortunately, left, I think, left uh, far too early, job unfinished from their perspective. Mm. But you have to say, the thing that enticed them back to South Africa, uh, I remember watching the, the, the video on the whole preparation for the World Cup, and it was uh, the day Ireland stuffed the Springboks in Lansdowne Road mm. and that was the day they felt they had to do something to bring Springbok rugby back to where it was and that journey it was I think 18 months uh, to the World Cup and it was more a cause it was more a nation bringing a nation together reviving South African rugby and that cause eventually drove them to win a World Cup in 2019 I think even more than the, the physical preparation in a way it's more a kind of a um, a mental psychological thing that he's brought that group together for the first time just that kind of muscle memory exactly yeah. since the World Cup he's more trying to you know uh, reignite that feeling that togetherness that forced them in the end I mean remember they were they were well beaten in the opening game of the World Cup against mm. New Zealand and they went from there to come back and, and win the World Cup convincingly at the end getting better as they went along so I, I think it's that togetherness that he's trying to pull together but the question for me is, will it be enough for an opening test where the Lions, and, and remember the Lions players, they've all been playing international rugby for their own countries on a regular basis despite COVID. So while the South Africans, 
they've played rugby at different levels all over the world. They haven't played test rugby. And it's a totally different thing. Mm. Different levels of intensity, different levels of pressure. So um, whether they can get up to speed in, by the time we play the first test tomorrow, that's the question for me because I feel the South Africa are likely to get better as Absolutely, the series yeah. goes on. Likewise with the Lions, that always happens as well. But um, that's why I think it's vitally important for the Lions to start with a victory tomorrow. Because mm. at least I always feel you win the first test on a Lions tour, you're in the series right up to the last minute of the third test. So hugely important. But so many unknowns, if you like, for me, that we just have to wait and see how the thing unfolds tomorrow. Yeah, there's so many imponderables in this. The COVID cases that the Springboks have had in their camp, how quickly they can get back on you know, up to speed because that, depending on the case, obviously everyone's individual when it comes to this uh, virus, you know, how quickly you can recover and how much of an impact playing test match rugby can have on a body that's been through COVID. That, that's a big issue. Well, it's unknown, isn't it, mm. from an athletics perspective? Uh, funny enough, uh, I think you met Sean Payne, mm-hmm. former Munster fullback here during the week, and I think he made a comment that um, he had had COVID and it took physically, it does take a long time to get over it. Now, obviously, they're young athletes, but you look at the likes of Sire Khaleesi, the captain, um, he hasn't, I, I think it was, was it Monday that he started training mm. with the team? Um, so, look, I think Razi. Three of them, in fact. Is that right? Andre yeah. Pollard and uh, Pimpi, yeah. yeah. So I think, like, Razi and Jack Nienaber, they've had to gamble for obvious reasons. So I'd say even in their own heads, they have no idea where they are. And if you look, really, the only concrete evidence that we have to go on is the A match against the Lions, which for me was the only meaningful game of the Tour, let's be honest. A lot of the provincial games, all of those squads were diluted massively by the need to have all their Springbok players in the bubble. Mm. They couldn't be going in and out of different camps. So they were hugely diluted in terms of their effectiveness. The South Africa A game certainly offered a reminder of just how physical this Springbok side is going to be. Um, so I, I, I think at the back of Warren Gatlin's head, I think he's still he's haunted by the memory of the first test here 12 years ago, when they thought they were ready for that physicality, when they thought because again they played really well in those provincial games, but totally different animal when they came to the first test they were blown away so um, uh, the first 20 minutes for me from that perspective is going to be huge but I do think the one thing that Gatland will feel when you look at that A match South Africa were absolutely dominant for the whole first half but you could see physically they were falling away as the game went on um, so I think if the Lions if they can get their noses ahead I think that's the key for me because yeah. Do the Springboks have it in their reserves, in the fact that they haven't played test matches for so long, to be able to fight their way back into the game? Mm. Be an interesting one. Yeah, I think the f- I think Gatlin has placed a lot of store in the fact that his side played, finished the game more strongly, and learnt so much more than perhaps the box did from that game. And that you know he's talked a lot, referenced a lot about this week's tasty training sessions bone on bone he's called it um, stomping on each other and all this kind of stuff I think playing into what you were saying about 2009 he thinks now he's got the the blend right in terms of of preparation and um, that they are physically ready and and with whilst also recognizing that it would be more than just physicality that's going to be this Springbok side 
Yeah, it is, but the irony for me is they may be physically ready this time, mm. but have they picked the right team? I mean, I have to say, I was shocked with a number of combinations that were selected. Um, I mean, I, for, I, I would have thought Liam Williams was a shoe-in at full-back as an example. Um, so, I mean, you, you, you're out here longer than me. What was your take when you saw the team? Well, I, I was surprised by Duhan van der Merwe on the wing. Um, uh, you know, when you think of the counter-attacking prowess of the box with Willy LaRue and Cheslin Colby and Mapimpi, and he's there's def- definitely defensive question marks over over van der Merwe on on that wing. Um, given that he was kind of ripped to shreds by the Japanese a couple of times in Murrayfield three weeks ago, you know, um, there's a lot of talk about Murray. Conor Murray missing out to, to Ali Price, who had a very good game against the Stormers. But, you know, we, we talked a lot about the South African front row. You know, they're playing their best second row off the bench. Perhaps, you know, uh, you know, Murray, Owen Farrell and Liam Williams as, as an outside back three. Maybe that's just kind of a switcheroo situation as well. That It is a 1-23 to game now and that you have got people there with the nous, with the experience to finish a game and close it out perhaps when the box are fading. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. I mean, Eddie Jones was the first man who talked about finishers. Mm. South Africa brought it to a new level in the World Cup when they went for the 6-2 split. The bomb squad, as they called it, when you replaced your whole front five and another back row forward. Um, obviously, the Lions, you know, they know that's coming. Like, if anything, once again... South Africa, I think, have retained their better front row on the bench. Mm-hmm. But I think psych- I think that could be a mistake because psychologically we know the box is all about physicality. The scrum, it's in their DNA. Again, you go back to that first test in 2009. They destroyed the Lions in the early scrums in the game. The, the Afrikaner, certainly in the crowd, you could feel them growing. You could mm. see the Springbok players growing. The front row that South Africa have picked, Trevor and Kane for me, has never been a real front-line tight head. And uh, from that point of view, I think at the very least I'd expect the Lions to have parity in the scrum. And parity in the scrum against the Springboks in a series in South Africa is actually a win. Yeah. Um, so, and there's no point then, let's say, 50 minutes you're bringing on what you perceive as the stronger. The psychological damage is done in the first 10 or 15 minutes. It's yes. like the French lango, the French mentality with the scrum. If you were in trouble in the first 10 minutes playing in the Parc de France, your day was over. Mm. You had to match that. And once the French used to sense, oh God, we're not getting any mileage out of this, they'd move on. Mm. In my mind, psychologically, it's the same with the Springboks. Yeah. Uh, Tyke Furlong at tight head, I think. Uh, he's up again, Ox and Notche. He's only three or four caps at loose head. The Beast, of course, was there during the World Cup. Yeah, but um, Stephen Kitsoff, for me, is an outstanding loose head. He's keeping him for the last 30 minutes. Mm. I mean, look, that's why they aren't the big bucks, these coaches. Yeah. Uh, Razzie and uh, and Warren, you've two of the very, very best in the world. I know Jacques Nienaber is the coach, but really, I think the, tech, the, the, the overseer and the technical guru here is Razzie as director mm. of rugby. So um, it'll be fascinating for me to see how that early engagement, both scrum and breakdown, breakdown is going to be huge. I mean, the physicality that that Springbok A side brought to the game against the Lions, uh, what is it, nine or ten days ago now, that set a marker. But at least the Lions, for a lot of their players, they got a, a, 
a, a timely reminder of what's coming down the line. Yeah. Um, but look, it's 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 uh, so that opening twenty minutes mm. for me is key. Come on then, final thoughts, um, prediction, Donald. Uh, do you know what? I I, I was erring towards the uh, very much for the Lions, given all the advantages that I, I I mentioned early on in terms of preparation, lack of Springbok time together, and uh, so I was kind of quite bullish about a Lions win. Then when I saw the announcement, I kind of said, "Oh God, uh, I'm not so sure now." I still, I'm kind of bucking the trend by kind of going for the Lions, however marginally, um, but. There are so many unknowns, as I keep saying, surrounding this test. is very hard. But I think if the Lions don't win it, it they're on the back foot big Absolutely, time. Yeah. Because I think the Springboks, for all kinds of reasons, will gain so much from this game, win, lose or draw, that the second test is going to be incredible. That's why I think going into that second test with one win in the bag, obviously, huge. is absolutely mm. huge. Um, look, I can't wait for it. Your own thoughts? I oh well, I think the Lions are just going to sneak this. I really do, and it might be in the in the dying stages as well. Yeah. Owen Farrell comes off the bench, sluts the sluts the penalty, or Elliot Daly from long range. You know, I think I think that would set it up brilliantly yeah. for that second yeah. test. The other unknown, I I, I I'm with you on that. I I do marginally go for the Lions. The other unknown, you know, I've been watching. A lot of rugby over the past couple of weeks. Australia and France last week, red card three minutes. You had Argentina and Wales a couple of weeks ago, red card after 25 minutes. Mm. The way the modern game is played, red, in, red cards now play huge. So you can do all the preparation in the world, but something like that. You go back to New Zealand four years ago. The Lions were in big, big trouble. One test down. Sonny Bill, Sonny Bill gets a red card 25 mm. minutes into the game. It changed the whole complex, the whole uh, outcome of the series. That is the big imponderable. That is something that neither Erasmus or yeah. Gatlin can control. Yeah. So, Plans go wait. out the window then. Exactly. Can't wait. Exactly. It's like that famous Mike Tyson punch. <laughs> a red card is the equivalent. <laughs> Who gets it on the chin? That's exactly. the thing. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.